Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And good morning, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome to the third hour. Jason and Alexis in the morning, live on my talk, live streaming on your favorite device. I'm Jace. Alexis is taking some time off this week. Filling in is the lovely Holly Roberts. hi Giving us strong Holly Roberts vibes. hi Then over there, filling in for Holly, giving us strong Ellie vibes, is Ellie. Strong. Strong. Vibes. Strong with this one. It is uh, Monday, July 17th, 2023. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to try to entertain you. And if not, please hold on to your receipt and take us back to any participating Ace True Value hardware store. Mm-hmm. That's right. Full refund. Mm-hmm. If you don't like our show today, mm-hmm. full refund. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, coming up, we have uh, in, uh, my, in my the ass hat. I have it today. My husband found this one. Thanks, Colin, for oh. helping us produce the show. Always Thank love you. that. Yeah. Then Ellie has a full-size dirt alert. What you just experienced was the appetizer. Little oyster. Uh, and then, oh, I can't wait for TV talk. Oh, God, I can't wait for it. So much good TV. So much good TV. I have very strong opinions on the new era of the Real Housewives of New York. So stay right there. It's all coming up. But right now, I think we have a good one here. I think Colin Matheson found a good in, a good in, as we say in the South. It's time for Am I the Ass Hat. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an ass. Am I wrong? Am I the Ass Hat? These are taken from the uber-popular thread on Reddit called Am I the A-Hole? Uh, we can't say that or we lose our liquor license. Hey! Uh, um, but uh, we take them, uh, we pick a favorite one from there. These are real. We don't write them. And uh, they're written from, obviously, the writer's point of view. And we debate them. Here we go. Am I the asshat for refusing to attend the wedding because I wasn't invited to the proposal? Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Recently, my Aunt Mary, the writer has changed all the names. Recently, my Aunt Mary, with whom I used to be close, proposed to her girlfriend. She told everyone except me, my grandpa and my mom. Keep in mind, she had the proposal planned for months. She held the proposal not even 30 minutes away from where I live. Over the past few years, Mary's gotten sort of, how do I say it, full of herself. She's taken full advantage of what she's found at the intersection of luck and hard work and acts like that makes her uh, God. It feels like she's been snubbing me, grandpa and mom, more and more since then. And not being invited to this proposal was the last straw for me. Of course, I wouldn't have been able to attend because I was actually very sick that day. It's the fact that Mary didn't even say anything to us, not even an invite from my mother. The three of us, again, used to be very close even took care of each other when we were sick. It all started to unravel after Mary got that fancy job and her girlfriend. Now that the wedding bells are ringing, all of a sudden there's a fancy, lacy, expensive invite in my mailbox and a link to a wedding registry 
sitting in my most recent text messages. After considering it, I sent a polite rejection for the RSVP. For the record, I wrote something like, I'm sorry, I won't be able to attend due to a a long-term obligation. Wishing you years of happiness. After some more consideration, I decided against purchasing anything from their wedding registry, though, of course, said nothing about that. Word got around quickly, and the other uh, the and the only people on my side are my mom and grandpa. Mary's sister is calling me bitter and entitled. Mary's soon-to-be called me jealous. Other family members are saying I'm not owed anything, etc. And you know, maybe I am being petty here. Maybe I should at least send a token gift. It's just a proposal, and we're obviously not that close anymore. Yet, at the same time, it just sits wrong with me. Invite who you want to your special events, but don't go holding out your hand for gifts from the people you didn't invite. What do you guys think? Am I the asshat? Ooh, 651-641-1071 if you want to weigh in. Jason, this person is not the asshat. Not. I've said it once and I'll say it again here. I love a boundary. But first of all, who invites people to the proposal? Am I just, where am I on planet Earth? That that's a thing. Yes. I, I mean, I guess so, but I, I don't Oh, God, that's too much. For that's me. a lot of depends, isn't it? Yeah, they just, that's a lot for me. But if you don't want to go to the wedding because you felt slighted and you were polite and diplomatic, I think this person was in that regard. And if they don't want to, do we buy gifts for people if we're not going to the wedding? Again, I have, I have oh, a lot. Oh, that's a whole other thing. I yeah, have a that's, lot of I mean, questions. If you're not going to the wedding, I feel like there is not no expectation that you purchase a gift because I thought the whole idea was there's a party being thrown, you bring a gift, there's an exchange of hospitality and love and all of that kind of stuff. You don't have to buy a gift if you're not going to the wedding. You don't think so? I don't think so. You don't no. I love this conversation. <laughs> I know. I love wedding conversations so much. Yeah. Because there's so many onion layers. Oh, God. There there are a lot of onion layers. And if you're not going to the wedding, you don't have to buy a gift. At least that's my position. So I agree with this person. And if you just don't want to go, then it's fine. You are polite in your decline of the RSVP. And if you're a bitter Betty, then that's you. That's a YP. And it seems like they're handling that appropriately. Not the asshat. Next! Because do you want a bitter Betty at your wedding? No, You know, there's that. Yeah. Do you really want her there? Yeah. What do you think? She's Chase? bitter. I, I'm with you. I I love your phrase. And I when you joined the show, and I think within the first week you said it, I love a good boundary. Yes. And I think people, it's hard for people to set boundaries. And I I like that she did this. And I, you know what? You know what's you know what turned me even more to her side is her acknowledgement of she's like, you know what? I am being petty. I'm not perfect. I loved her acknowledgement of I have these feelings. I don't necessarily love that I have these feelings, but I have them, and I'm going to act accordingly. Yes, exactly. It was an acknowledgement of, yeah, I'm feeling bitter about this, so I don't want to go, and I'm not going to go. And if that's my prerogative, then that's that. And if that relationship has disintegrated over the years, it's fine. Don't go. You declined. You did all the things that you were going to, Redditor. It's fine. You're not the asshat. What do you think, Ellie? Um, I, well, I agree with all the things you're 
saying, like both of you, I think I'm going to be like a bit of a contrarian just to say that. Love it. She she seems so petty from the get go regarding like invites, this perception of closeness that's changed, this seeming like baggage with the partner. And those are a lot of good reasons to like avoid a wedding. Don't go. That sounds like no fun. And if you show up and can't just enjoy a party and enjoy yourself, yeah, don't go. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't believe that you should send a gift if you don't go to the wedding, but it really depends on the relationship, why you're saying no. Uh, You know, like maybe I would have said, send along like a nice card and a small gift as like a token, maybe just to make peace. But otherwise, I think you're just kind of bitter about your relationship from the get go. So why go to a party about it? I see what you're saying, Ellie. Why be bitter about not getting invited when you're already just kind of bitter about the relationship? Anyway, you're bitter about the optics. You're just you're just kind of bitter, it seems, from the top down. And now you feel like people need to be on your side. It's just do what you're going to do. But you do look like the bitter one to me, at least. And it sounds like she's OK with that. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I I am petty and I'm and, and you got it. You have to be OK with that. I, it is the it is interesting the, the 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 sidebar conversation, but it's included. Do you send a gift if you're not gonna go? No, <laughs> no, unless it's a special relationship, and it's a you know if it was one of my inner ring friends and they're living across the country and they invited me and we were close and yeah. I couldn't go because just life. Right now, you know, it's hard to make those destination wedding trips. If there was something like that, then okay, yes, I will buy a gift. But if I get a rando invite from my second cousin twice removed and they send me their Amazon wish list, I am not buying anything. I'm not going to your wedding. Yeah. If if I have six ninety four friends <laughs> yeah. that are getting married and I can't go, I'm not sending a gift. Right. If they are 35W friends, perhaps. But, Jason, is is there a new expectation? Am I missing this 2023 wedding etiquette that if you get an invite, then you have to send a gift? I I, I think some people feel that way. That's why I think it's a great conversation. I do. I think we might have one on the phone right now. It's, It's popped up. It's like a cash thing. Stop it. If you're not going, that's the whole thing. You throw the party. Then you bring the gift. That's the exchange of energy that's happening. Not in the age of Venmo. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Sharon. Sharon is on the phone. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show. How do you feel? I, I, I'm the contrarian. Sharon the contrarian. <laughs> I love it. Report. It was on my report card every year going to public school. So um, I think that we're talking here about unconditional love. Are, are we not? I mean, she's. If love is conditional by this person, if you do this, then I will love you. And and it's it's um, it's on it's on it's on uh, the person, you know. Geez, that's not the way. And it takes energy away. So don't go to the party. Um, no one wants unconditional love, and um, you don't have to get a gift because your gift is just another uh, conditional arrangement it's terrible okay i like sharing the con- that way 
Yeah. Sharon the Contrarian, we appreciate uh, your point of view. Thank you. I'm glad there's somebody on the other side. Let's give Katie the last word on line three, Ellie. Uh, am I the asshat? We do it Monday and Wednesdays here on the show. Hi, Katie. You get the last word. How do you feel? Good morning. Love you guys. Love you. Yeah. Um, I am an almost... 40-year-old, and I think you absolutely have to bring a gift. I got married 14 years ago, and that was absolutely the expectation, and I still get those random invites, and I always find a small thing on their registry and send it, even if we can't come. Oh, well, I think, Katie, the issue was, if you're not going to the wedding, do yes, you still just, have uh, to buy a gift? Absolutely. Wow, girl, that Katie, I want to be your friend. That's yeah. a lot of invites. What, what, yeah, I'm just gonna start sending invites <laughs> to random things to my friends so that they can send me free stuff. For a baby shower, if you can't go, you gotta send something. I do feel like it's a little bit reaching for gifts, but I always feel terrible if I don't send something. Oh, you're a good person. Yeah. Katie's very. Katie's nicer than we are. Thank yep. you, Katie. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, I'm not sending you anything if I'm not going. I yeah. I mean, I, it, <laughs> I, well, I also, but it's what Ellie said. For me, it is a. It's just like whether I like kids. It's a case by case basis. Sure, you yep, know. Yep. I, I'm gonna decide. Are you a six ninety four friend? Yep. Are you are you a bypass lane mm-hmm. or are you thirty five W? Yes. You're my you're my main vein. You know. <laughs> yeah. Price upon request. Totally. That's right. Mm-hmm. We do this every Monday and Wednesday. You can uh, read some of these threads yourself. Go to Reddit and search for him. I the hole right there. When we come back, search no more. We have big Hollywood headlines. Ellie has a full size dirt alert. Oh, let's talk flying insects, buzzing flies, pesky earwigs, elusive springtails. Are they bothering you? Don't worry. Plunkett's Pest Control, they've got you. They're here to help. A trusted Minnesota company with over 100 years of experience in flying insect control. And they are skilled at eliminating those earwigs and springtails that seem to just appear out of thin air, don't they? They're not there. And then all of a sudden, hey, hey, girl, hey, I'm here to bother you. Say goodbye to those annoying fly infestations. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. With the help from Plunkett's Pest Control, they have deep roots in Minnesota. They're serving the Twin Cities and the entire state. They have safe and effective methods that don't harm your family or your pets. And enjoy a fly-free, earwig-free, and springtail-free house once again. Contact Plunkett's Pest Control today. Schedule your own appointment online at Plunkett's.net. Experience a century of expertise with a trusted Minnesota-made company. Or use my talk keyword, pest. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Welcome back. Jason and Alexis in the morning. It's time to get caught up with the big headlines of the day in the Dirt Alert. And Ellie has it. Good morning, Ellie. Good morning. Good morning. Well, this has been my favorite story of the morning. It is official. He has been revealed. 
the the bachelor for the golden bachelor his name is jerry turner jerry with a g jerry <laughs> jerry 71 year old from indiana uh, and he will be, you know, competing for the affections of a slew of between 50 and 70 year old women. Uh, 80, I think. Uh, he's a retired restaurateur, lives on a lake in Indiana. And after a 43 year marriage to his high school sweetheart, uh, Tony, she fell ill and died six years ago. He is the father of two daughters and grandfather to two granddaughters. Oh, and, and, and he's a really good looking guy. Yeah. He has a good, they, I'm looking at the publicity photos. He's a good look. I hope people watch this. I love this concept. He is a handsome 71 years old. Yeah. That Jer. I hope we can call him Jer. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. I don't think he'll mind. I prefer Gerald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's very handsome. I'm, I'm super sold on the Golden Bachelor. I've always been excited about the concept, the Golden Bachelorette. Do you yes. want to see that? Even more a little bit. And I like that he doesn't seem overdone. And he has a family. He's not a perpetual bachelor. Well, and if I'm ABC, what else are you going to do? I mean, there's no more shows. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood's close. The well runneth dry. (laughs) So So we found Jerry in Indiana. (laughs) We found Jerry. Yeah, we found Jerry. Way to go, Jerry. Way way to go, go. Jerry. Hey, way to go, Indiana, as far as Mm -hmm. I'm concerned. My, my home state, yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I forgot that. Oh, yeah, I try to. <laughs> uh, well, Dolly Parton has uh, spoken out and made her opinion on retirement very clear. It's not going to happen, ever. Um, she said in an interview, I'll just hopefully drop dead in the middle of a song on stage someday, hopefully one I've written. <laughs> <laughs> Get those royalties, girl. Get and, them. And I know it sounds morbid. But that's kind of how I want Dolly to go. I want her to be right in the middle of a performance, and she's just like, bloop, and just falls. That's yeah. it. Right in the middle. That's kind of how I would want her to go. Oh, yeah, playing her nails like a washboard, yep. do a nine-to-five. And then she, she just, just, you know, takes a seat, and then that's out. That's it. Yeah. Check, please. She's going to party till till the very end. Well, and I I love what she did. I forgot who... Who she was talking about. Oh, it was some story. They asked her about holograms and scanning her and using her after her Mm -hmm, death. mm -hmm. And she said, absolutely not. And she has a vault of music that she has already pre-planned that will be released after she dies. She's already planned this out. She has songs forever that we will be filled with for years and years and years following her death. I think that's so smart. That dolly. Uh, oh, yeah. A prolific songwriter. It's kind of like Joan Rivers's uh, Rolodex of jokes yes. yep. that she had. And I believe those jokes are now at the National Comedy Museum, which is someplace in upstate New York. Yes. You yeah. are right on all counts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my next vacation. That sounds fantastic. Isn't that fun? I know, yeah. right? When my grandpa passed. He left a whole dirty joke book. We found it in his desk drawer. <laughs> and they were crude. <laughs> Did oh, really? he tell you not to open the vault until he died? No, about the they, dirty jokes? He or would you just, just print out every email thread that got passed around the office between the boys. It was... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he had joke books, too. Um, well, here's another thing that got left on the floor. The Wonka director has opened up just how much chocolate was consumed on the set of Wonka, uh, starring oh. Timothy Shalomami. 
um, the movie employed an onset chocolatier. So most of the confections you will see consumed on screen probably taste delicious and are real edible chocolate. And he said they filled a whole vat with hot chocolate in which the actor took a dip. Oh, Oh. he did an Augustus Gloop. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know if that sounds fun or really disgusting. (laughs) Sounds gloopy. Well, I I just (laughs) next time you go to the Golden Corral, go to the chocolate fountain and give it a try. Yeah, I mean that is. I don't mean to get. I don't mean to get graphic, but that is. That's just chocolate in every crevice, every corner of your body that you would be discovering for months. You know. Yeah, you just turned it. Your body turns into a mold, and then you pick it out, and you're like, "Oh Mold. boy, so gross." <laughs> so free. very it's gross. Really hot chocolate, so it's more liquid than that. Oh. Good point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more stories like this at mytalk1071.com. It is a new era of New York. My review of the Real Housewives of New York when we return. That is the new open for the new era of the Real Housewives of New York on Bravo. Welcome back, Jason and Alexis in the morning. I'm Jace with Holly and Ellie. Alexis is off this week. So it happened last night after a couple years off, after a much-talked-about reboot, Roni is back with six new ladies spicing up the Big Apple. Um, after a disastrous season 13 oh. uh, two years ago. What made it uh, so disastrous? If everything. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was... Oh, it was bad. Uh, you know, it was shot during COVID, so they were handicapped a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. But it was... Uh, first of all, they only had like four housewives. It was a small cast. Um, and it got real political... Um, and, uh, you know, not that the conversations weren't necessary and should be had. I'm just not sure they should be had on the Real, on the Real Housewives of New York. Noted. Noted. Yeah. Noted. Uh, I, worthy conversations, but uh, a different venue, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so, uh, look, I I love Roni. Just to set the table here, I love Roni. Uh, it's my favorite Housewives, always has been. I think it always will be. I was not excited about this reboot. I I, I I wasn't sure that Bravo shouldn't have just retooled a little bit. Maybe kept a Sonia. Maybe kept Countess. And, and built from there. Well, and you weren't alone, Jason, in your skepticism. Because there was a whole conversation, I know, about the Real Housewives of New York legacy show. Those talks eventually collapsed. Yes. And so now we have this whole new iteration of the Real Housewives of New York City. Which is a better representation. I don't I, I'm not going to use the trendy word, you know, it's 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 inclusive. I'm not going to use any of the buzzwords. I'm going to try not to, but look, it is a better representation of the beautiful melting pot that is the big apple. Um so anyway, so they're setting the table. If you're new to the station, I love Roni so much. I have the original 13 seasons on rotate. It's what I nap to. (laughs) It's what I fall asleep to. (laughs) I was watching season eight last night. Anyway, I'm going to bottom line this. I'm here for this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what do you like about it? I, I think I like the women. 
I, it is, they done did good. They have produced this well. What I mean by that is right off the bat, you know, it, all of these decisions have to be made. You know, what do you start with? Do you start with the open? Do you, and you'll see why I'm saying this. It's a little inside baseball, but uh, do you just start with the open? Do you start with a little intro of the women? Because you 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 have to introduce six new people to the to the audience. Oh, How yeah. do you do that? Mm-hmm. Do you do you just roll the open and get into the action? Well, I think they were really smart what they did. Before they ever ran the open that you that I just played for you, they did a quick what I call what TV calls round robin, where they do they went through a little snippet, a little bio bite of each of the six women, and then they wrapped it up with a little uh, a little cheers, and they went right into the open, which was rather exciting. I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, this is fun, yeah. And then boom, then they got into the show, and you met two of the wives right away. I, I will tell you, there is a wife you will like in this cast, no matter who you are. There is a wife you will like. Um, there, again, there, uh, there, there are six women uh, in this cast. There was going to be seven, but one quit uh, before it ever premiered. And the ones that I'm really digging, the first one is the obvious, Jenna Lyons. Oh, I love her so much. She is reason enough to come to Roni. Oh. She really is. And she was the creative director for J. Crew for many years. Now she's a fashionable fake eyelash gal about town. Yeah. Love scene is her brand. Yeah, they, they carry it at big box stores. Um, Jenna Lyons is fantastic. Oh. She's an enigma. She's an oddball. She lets her little dog drink coffee. <laughs> like out of her cup? No, out of her little dog bowl. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to be the best thing for the dog, but okay, carry on. The dog's like 11. I think the dog's <laughs> fine, but yeah. Um, I. She's weird. Yeah. She has little quirks. She's fashionable. She isn't over. I mean, she's fancy. But then she also proudly dresses like a grandma sometimes or sports a trucker hat. And for all of these reasons, because of her little nooks and crannies and weird little idiosyncrasies, she reminds me of you in the best possible way. I you, hope, oh, well, that I take that as the highest compliment because uh, I love her. Colin Matheson and I both agreed to this, and we mean it in the I, – I looked at Colin and I go – she is giving me strong Holly Roberts vibes. The Jenna Lyons. Uh, just the way she walks through life. I, I I would watch this show only to fast forward to her scenes. But I actually don't need to fast forward past the other women. I enjoy Uba. Um, Uba Hassan is a Somalian model. And she's an entrepreneur. She uh, made it on Oprah's uh, Favorite Things uh, list with a hot sauce. Oh, awesome! That she developed, and she is a trip. She's the first one that you hear in that open. She's the one. You know what's the secret ingredient? It's me, darling. I love her. <laughs> yes, she has my favorite tagline. Uba, she's stunning. She's vivacious. She's interesting. Um, and and then the other there's others. The other ones that I'll spotlight. Aaron is kind of the old school New York gal. Mm-hmm. She's a, a realtor. 
she is from Brooklyn. I mean, she's from New York. Yeah. She doesn't. She's got that vibe. Yes. Does she has that vibe? New York vibe? She has that vibe. She mm-hmm. was raised in Manhattan, born and raised, and no nonsense. She has three kids, a hot husband, has lots of sex. Yeah. Doesn't mind talking about it. Uh-huh. Um, and doesn't always love her kids. She was <laughs> there's a scene where she's just like, you know the secret to having kids? Not always being around your kids. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a dose of honesty that's very refreshing and that people can get behind. Um, and then the youngest is the single fun one, Bren. She's the one whose tagline is, if you make me mad, I'll date your dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, she kind of is the pot stirrer. I think she's the one that's going to stir the pot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Overall, uh, an A- minus for this pilot. Nice. And I'm a diehard Roni fan. Now, Jason, were you going into this watching The Real Housewives of New York City? Were you going in skeptical? But You were yes. optimistic based on your critique of the theme song. But did you have some hesitation still uh, last night before watching it? Were you scared? A little yeah. butt clenched? Yeah, because I'm bitter. I, I, I love this show so much. And I don't think they should have thrown the bathwater out with the baby. Mm-hmm. But now Colin said this as the credits were rolling or as they showed the season long preview. Uh, maybe it was time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and my exec- executive producer, Jeff, of the TV show said it. Uh, you know what? Maybe it was time. Yeah. You know, it, well, the real house of New York City. Shoot. It probably started what in the late 2000s? 2008. Yeah. Times have changed. <laughs> I mean, and how many <laughs> and how many times can I see Luann and and Ramona drunk? You yeah. know, well, it's like or I mean, and Sonia, not Luann anymore. She's sober, but how many times can I see Sonia fall off a chair? Yeah, you know? well, and we, I love Sonia. Now but, we have their Gone Fishing show, which is a perfect venue for them. Yeah. Perfect spinoff. Yeah, but it's a winner. Roni's a winner, y'all. Oh. Roni's a winner so far. All right, so it's on Sunday nights at Bra- on Bravo. Yep. Mainly for Jenna Holly Lyons is what I'm going to call her. Jenna I, Holly Lyons. Jason, that <laughs> that warms my heart. Oh, I mean it so much because I, I think she's a fabulous business person. Her sense of style is amazing. I will suggest to her that she goes no bra and compression socks like I do on some days. Like even the glasses she wears in her publicity photo, I can see Holly Holly Roberts is wearing a similar pair right now as I'm looking at you. Oh, these are my blue blocker old lady glasses. Uh, my eyes, they can't take the fluorescent lights on the, on the <laughs> No, seriously, it's why I wear them. I we love can, it. Oh, that's smart. And they make you look cool. Oh. Right, right, Ellie. Okay. Right. I, anybody else want to give me a compliment? I'll be over here. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Roni Sunday nights on Bravo. You can watch. Um, you can watch the premiere right now on demand on Bravo. Give it a try if you're a Roni fan. Um, I think you'll be surprised. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Rebath.com on there right now. It's effortless bathroom remodeling from start to stunning. Just scroll down a little bit there and it says free design consultation. Pop in your name and a way to contact you. You submit that and someone from Rebath will give you a call. A designer will be sent to your home. They'll bring hundreds of options to at least show you. They want to show you what they can do. This part is free. They're going to come up with a free custom design and just uh, look at your space, your budget, and decide what would be the best solution for you. This is, uh, they're not covering up anything. This is a custom, they're taking stuff out, 
putting brand new in. And of course, they have some really wonderful quality materials, including their exclusive Durabath brand and other top manufacturers. Of course, they'll show you all of that. Now, if you decide to go with them, they'll get the job done in five days or less. Yeah, professional installation. A team of two will come in, do the removal installation, and they'll do it in five days or less. So, contact Rebath, Rebath.com. We have some random facts headed your way to educate you before we say goodbye. And we'll do it tomorrow. We didn't get to it today, but hey, it'll help us produce tomorrow. Uh, Holly and I have thoughts on And Just Like That, the newest episode. More fun with Ellie tomorrow. You're, you're sticking around, right, Ellie? You're not going anywhere? No, I'm, right. I'm here through Wednesday. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure not running away. You got scared today yeah, or something. Yeah, you're like, I'm going back to bed. Bye. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> don't tempt up. me. Don't tempt me. I'm not putting up with these two anymore. No, I love Alexis is off this week. Yeah, Ellie's going to be with us uh, through Wednesday, and then Miss Shannon will end the week with us. It'll be fun while Alexis enjoys some deserved time off. But right now, it is my pleasure to educate you with your five random facts for Monday. And now it's time for... Random. Random. random facts. One, two, three, four! <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Hi. Time for five random facts. Here we go. Number five. Pennsylvania is misspelled on the Liberty Bowl. Bell. Not the bowl. <laughs> That's a football <laughs> game, but Liberty Bell. Yeah. It only has one... Of the first two ends. It what? wasn't wrong. Yes, it wasn't wrong at the time the bell was made, but uh, because a few different spellings were used, but it's been wrong since they settled on one official spelling. I suppose you can't go back and, you know, white out <laughs> no, on the you Liberty can't. Bell. They're like, Jedediah, you had one job. <laughs> Damn intern. Well, Jedediah was right when he carved it. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I mean, <laughs> but I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? No. I'm not I sure I knew was... there was two ends in Pennsylvania. Uh, well, I'm not at this point on a Monday morning. I'm not sure I did either. Here we go. Number four. China drinks 38% of the alcohol in the world, but nothing you've ever heard of. 95.5% of alcohol they drink is a liquor called Beju. 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 Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> have you ever heard of it? No. I, I had heard of it. I have no idea what it's made of or what. Yeah. What? And I'm, I'm, I'm not even confident I'm pr- pronouncing the damn thing uh. right, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> I barely I speak English on a sun, on a Monday morning, but... Fermented, I don't, the national drink of China. It's Did you look it up? Pungent. Okay. Distinctive. And clear as mineral water. Oh. Those aren't really like big cells. Like none of that said tasty. <laughs> you don't want to have a, a drink of a, this pungent beverage, Ellie? You'll like it. It's distinctive and pungent. Mm. <laughs> Number three. Abraham Lincoln's son, Robert, wasn't at the theater when his dad was assassinated in 1865, but he was there when two other presidents were killed. He was with James Garfield at the train station in D.C. when he was assassinated in 1881, 
And he was in the same building in New York when William McKinley was assassinated in 1901. Good luck. I would not hang around. Yeah, I was going to say, I would not be hanging around Robert Lincoln. No. (laughs) Get the hell away from me. (laughs) Oh, boy, there's Robert. (laughs) There's Robert. We better go, Susie. Yeah. (laughs) Number two. The population of Washington, D.C. jumps 79% every day when people commute in. Boston has the second biggest daily jump at 40%, and Houston is at third with 28%. Woo! That's a lot That's of commuting. That's interesting. That's a lot of commuting. Those are, those are all like notoriously impassable cities when it comes to traffic. Oh, have you tried to drive in Washington, D.C., anybody oh, here? My, I have, yeah. actually. Yeah. I, I tried, being the operative word. Oh, so many weird... Diamonds, octagons, one ways. I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't just like drive directly into the Lincoln Memorial when I was trying to navigate that place. <laughs> Holly, where are you at? Well, I'm next to Mr. Lincoln in my rental car. Hey, everybody. <laughs> don't tell Enterprise that we were here. Don't. That is a stressful city to drive in. Uh, Washington, D.C. Can I tell you, so is Boston, a butt clinch. Yeah. Can I tell you what a loser I am? I got lost. Alexis loves the story. I got lost running around the Washington Monument at night. I was there for the night at the museum movie premiere, and I went for a jog at night and couldn't figure out which spoke led to my hotel. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, everything spokes <laughs> out from the Washington Monument. Yep. And uh, I started to cry because it was dark, <laughs> and I and a National Park Service ranger had to point me to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. Yeah. Oh, bless yeah. your heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm lost. I can't find my mommy. <laughs> oh, I know this is a circle, but I can't get out of it. There's that guy. That's there right. he is. There he's jo- dri- jogging around again. <laughs> True story, y'all. True should, story. Should we tell him? Yeah. No, we'll just let him go. <laughs> we'll just keep him going. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> Number one. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is only the second time Bella Lugosi would play Dracula in a feature film. What was the third? I don't know. Okay. Hey, you guys. There we go. Who's on first? Yeah, who's on first? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bella Lugosi. There he is. There we go, everybody. Yeah. There's your five random facts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, it's like the time I got when I was in Washington and I got harassed by the Secret Service. They're like, ma'am, you can't park here. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know well, that. Ma'am, you can't park here. What? <laughs> was this when you parked in the Lincoln Memorial? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I was waiting outside. I, I was playing chauffeur in my other life, when, uh, and uh, they didn't want me to park outside of a certain area. I was like, but where am I supposed to go? It's like you, Jason, running around the Washington Monument. Where am I supposed to go? Yeah. <laughs> this is all circles. It'll cost a lot if you take a wrong, wrong turn. And octagons. How do I get back to my hotel oh. from this perfect circle? Oh, That's going to do it for us. If you're listening and you're a kid that's being bullied, you go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you you're doing it wrong. Right, Holly? That's right, Jason. You be you. 
And thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Thanks so much, Ellie, for getting up, hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow. Jason, we'll see you tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.